The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded April 22nd, 2022. Enjoy! Welcome to the May edition of Life in the Tax Line. We've made it, I think, through April. I don't know, Hugh, Joe, how are you doing? I like it when they change the calendar up every now and then. April 32nd was a lot of fun this year. <laughs> oh, that extended deadline, hey? Well, I got to say, I'm feeling peachy keen, Jelly Bean, ready to talk tax. So who wants yes. to get cracking? Well, let's get going. In April, believe it or not, we didn't just have personal tax returns. We also had that federal budget come out, and there was tons in there. We saw a really heavy focus on real estate matters. We had uh, doubling, for example, of the home buyer's amount doubling access to the home accessibility tax credit. We had the proposed two-year um, ban by foreigners of purchasing uh, real estate property in Canada. Those are just a few of the kind of highlights you may have seen in the news. But Hugh, we got a few more technical measures buried in that budget document on the real estate side. Now we got more than our share of technical measures buried in that budget, and it'll be interesting to see when the draft legislation finally comes out. But mm. one that I found has got a lot of confusion from a lot of accountants was why do we need a special rule about residential property flipping? That's already business income. Well, true, you got to look at why did you buy the property? And that could be real estate or anything else. And if you bought it to sell it at a profit, that's ordinary business income. The problem is that a lot of people figured that out. So when CRA says, why did you buy this? Ah, uh, let me think about that for a minute. I know it wasn't to resell it at a profit because that's the wrong answer. My accountant <laughs> told me that. Why did I buy that? Well, now we're going to get new rules that say, you know what, if you sold it within a year of buying, it's business income. We're done. We're not listening to your explanations anymore. Oh, except maybe there are some legitimate explanations. So we'll have to build in some exceptions, like if it was sold because someone passed away or you had a new family member join, you needed a bigger place, you got separated, your personal safety was at risk. We wouldn't want someone stuck in the house at risk of domestic violence. Disability, illness, you got fired and you had to move to find work. You were going to go broke, so you needed the money. Uh, they've got a lot of examples mm -hmm. within the budget documents, some of which seem a little narrower than we might have expected, but we're waiting for draft legislation, and they told us we're going to consult on that. So if we think it's too narrow, at least we'll have an opportunity to make our case. But this is going to make it a lot easier for mm -hmm. CRA, dealing with a lot of what they perceive as home flippers, because now within a year, you must have sold it for a profit unless you can prove it's wrong, is going to be mm -hmm. a very different uh, game than what we've been used to. And of course, if it's business income, it's also not mm -hmm. eligible for the capital the principal residence exemption. So you could be going from no tax to full tax on that game. Now, now, Hugh, one of the areas I see misconceptions are people thinking, okay, we have a one-year test. Now I hold it for a year and a day. Ha <laughs> ha! Good to go in your face, CRA. Yeah. Now no. you're back in the old rule. And my <laughs> guess is one year plus up to a week is going to attract a lot of CRA attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Joe, so what bottom, else do we see? Yeah, bottom line is even if you sell it over a year later, it could still be classified as mm -hmm. full income inclusions, business income. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is, so Hugh, Hugh said, you know, what happens if you, you don't have to move because you've got more people in your family, need a bigger house? Well, the other option is, why don't we just build an, an addition to the house, you know, um, for, for maybe a, a senior parent that is going to come and live with you? And we've got a proposed in this budget, the multi-generational home renovation tax credit, where you can get a 15% uh, 
percent credit on up to fifty thousand dollars in expenditures for one of these uh, additions or home renovations to basically get in a special person that would be the uh, qualifying individual or part of me the eligible individual mm -hmm. and that person has to either be a senior citizen or somebody 18 plus that is eligible for the disability tax credit now these renovations you're going to be doing you could either be sort of uh, building on a new area or taking an undeveloped space and building it but at the end of the day you have to go from a place where you couldn't live into a place where you could live so sleeping bathroom kitchen facilities those are the kind of things that you entrance, need to separate end up entrance with. way and a separate entrance way. So, so this is a possibility. It's going to start in the 2023 year. So if you're thinking about doing that now, maybe you want to hold off half a year, a little bit more than that, so you can get this credit that goes along with it. Uh, mm -hmm. Hugh, Caitlin, any other thoughts on that one? You tank tight, Grandpa. You don't need anywhere to live for the next six months. Get a tent. <laughs> But right. you know, you know, Joe, as we're talking about the secondary suite, it kind of seems like we have the standard dwelling for, you know, you to live in and then the area in the backyard, the, the secondary suite for mom and dad, grandpa and grandma to live in. So that's two dwellings there. But what if you actually really love your parents and you want to live together with them in a single unit? You don't want to sequester them in their own special space. Well, that's what we had in a court case this year, a taxpayer that was trying to prove the whole kit and caboodle, the whole family was living together in a single unit, sharing all the common spaces. Why was this important? Taxpayers sold the property and wanted to claim the principal residence exemption on the full property, not just the half that the government said we think you are living in. It's a fascinating court case to look through to see what the courts kind of were examining to determine whether you were living in the entire property. The court noted here the taxpayer, their mom and the kid all ate meals together in one kitchen on the main floor. There was a kitchen upstairs. They just didn't use it for that purpose. Mom, kid, taxpayer all lived together in harmony. Well, at least lived together in this <laughs> two-story home sharing all of the spaces. Joe. Yeah, Caitlin, I think the reason why that was a bit of an issue is because they had two legal addresses yeah. for the property, so one for each portion of it. But mm -hmm. here they're showing no, it really was one unit. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Pretty cool case here. Q? I find that one interesting to counterpoint mm -hmm. that it would not have qualified for that new credit mm -hmm. because it doesn't have a separate exterior yeah. entrance. You got to carve them off. So it's going to create some issues for the principal residence exemption, I suspect. Now, mm -hmm. how do I get into a house? We've heard a lot about that new proposed first home savings account. Uh, kick your money in, get a deduction like an RRSP, draw it out to buy your first home, pay no tax. What is not to love. Well, first you got to have the money to put in. That could be a little challenging. And 8,000 bucks a year, 40,000 lifetime, uh, 80,000 between a married couple because they can each have one. Uh, that's a lot of money to kick in. What do I need to qualify? Well, we don't have legislation yet, but according to the budget documents, once you turn 18, as long as you live in Canada, you can start your plan, but you can't own your own home. Your spouse can't own the home you live in. And you got to look back four years to meet that test. Uh, once you start the plan, the clock's ticking. You got 15 years to close it down. Either you use the money to buy a house, you move it to your RRSP or RIF, or it comes out taxable. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be some new issues to consider, and it'll be interesting to see exactly what the legislation says, because we're already starting to see some uh, 
comments in the press that don't seem directed at using this to what it seems intended for to get that first home purchase. Yeah, you got to love it. You put the money in, you get a deduction for it. You take it out to buy the house, you don't have to pay tax on it. So it's mm -hmm. a pretty, and it grows tax-free when it's in the account. So it's a pretty neat little plan there. Mm -hmm. Now, the next, next thing I wanted to mention here is this labor mobility deduction for a tradesperson. So what we're really talking about here is, you know, you move to work in a different location. Um, you know, you, you can deduct the moving expenses and there are rules surrounding that. But what about these tradespeople who are going to different locations on more of a temporary basis? They haven't truly moved. Well, that's what this new credit would deal with here. And you could deduct up to $4,000. Um, you got to be the right person. So you got to be a tradesperson or apprentice. You got to be moving there to maintain employment or uh, in a construction activity or to obtain employment. Um, uh, the move has to be at least 100, you have to get at least 150 kilometers closer to this temporary location. Um, this thing is not going to be a subsidization for people who like to just have long commutes. You know, maybe yeah. you live in Edmonton and you work in Fort McMurray and you just drive. Can you get that? Sub no, we're not talking about that. Um, the carve out there is if that other place that you work in is where you uh, principally work, you're not going to be eligible for it. So it's truly got to be temporary in nature. And when you move up there to do that temporary job, which has to last at least 36 hours, uh, you have to maintain this ordinary residence. It's got to stay mm -hmm. available for you in this other place that you were at. So, so this is a neat one. And you know what? This is happening now. So 2022 year, it's applicable for Sumi gets passed. Mm -hmm. uh, one quick pop I want to do before we close off today on the corporate side from the budget. Small business deduction. We know if you have your taxable capital in your associated group exceeding $10 million, incremental grind to this small business deduction. Well, that grind is going to be made even more gradual. Now it's not getting uh, eroded when we hit $15 million. It's going to get eroded when we hit $50 million. So you can have a lot more money in your associated group before you lose access to that small business deduction. That's all we have for this month. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian accounting professionals with practical tax information for over 40 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and pre-recorded recorded seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more information, go to videotax.com. The preceding information is for general information purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts or circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more information, go to videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News, Inc. 2022. All rights reserved.